Hey there, Eagles fans. Welcome back to the Philly Special Podcast. And glory to God, we got a win, baby. I'm Colin Rudisol. I'm Kelson Hazelwood, and we did it. I was right. Colin was wrong. Colin had no faith. Okay. Didn't have to just dive right into that, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> Eagles beat the 49ers on Sunday night. Who would have thought? 25 to 20. That is, uh, that was the final score. Yeah, man, I'm shit. I mean, sitting atop the NFC East somehow after just one victory in the saddest division in football, maybe the saddest division in football in recent memory that I can think of. I think but, it's historically hey, sad. They're like setting records for, yeah, for how I didn't bad look into that, but I bet it. you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really, really bad, but hey, the Eagles are in first. Hey. That's all I care about. You know, first place, if it, if it ended today, we're in the playoffs. So let's just ride that wave. So all we got to do is get to the playoffs. All right, well, this was, I mean, a pretty solid game. Probably for the first time, we're actually going to be able to have some solid takeaways from all this. So, I mean, let's dive into the game to start with. Four quarters, five minutes. Kelson, why don't you cover quarter number one for us? Yeah, um, so quarter number one, not the most exciting of quarters. Uh, I think we it began with a couple three and outs by both teams, and then Carson has a ball get bad at the line of the scrimmage for an interception. Uh, the defense stays strong, though, forces 49ers to another three and out. And then we have the eight-play, 78-yard drive that um, ends in Carson running into the end zone. And then Doug Peterson not – just basically to show everyone that he still has his balls intact, goes for two. (laughs) We get it, and we go up 8-0 in the first quarter. Um, However, the 49ers, not to be outdone, answer with a pretty nice drive, uh, capped off by a 38-yard run by – Ayuk, where he, I forget who he jumped over. It was, uh, it was Epps. Yeah, he Mike hurdles Epps. Marcus, Mark, was it Marcus Epps or Mike Epps? Who the hell cares? Right, he, Epps. He, yeah, he, <laughs> he got hurdled. He doesn't get a name today. Yeah, he gets hurdled. Uh, and then that's pretty much the end of it. I think Philly has the ball as the, as the first quarter comes to an end. My high school head coach always told me, if you don't play well, you don't get a first name. You only get your last name. That's so he's just Epps okay. for the rest yeah, of this yeah. podcast until he, yeah. Uh, yeah, but that was a crazy play by Ook. Just went fucking beast mode. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do about that. That was insane. Uh, so the Eagles are able to respond to that touchdown with a great three and out. So that was good. But, uh, luckily the defense came up clutch the rest of the drive. Uh, they stopped a screen pass on third and long, able to, uh, get a punt there. And then Wentz comes back and he jukes another guy. I don't know if you mentioned it. He juked his way into the end zone. On the first time. He jukes another guy on a second and three. And really, that's not significant to the game. But holy shit, this man thinks he's Barry Sanders. I mean, he's (laughs) juking all over the fucking place in this one. Uh, That drive only ends in a three and out, as a matter of fact. Um, I think the only thing I can say about it is Hertz uh, made another utility appearance at quarterback. He just handed the ball off to Sanders. Nothing special. Uh, The next drive for the Niners is uh, LeBlanc getting absolutely scorched by George Kittle. Uh, on a third down, and it put him in the red zone. However, big play coming up. Uh, on second and six, Mullins is under heavy pressure by Big BG. He's just been outstanding through these first few games. Throws an ill-advised pass, and the Eagles get their first turnover of the season by Rodney McLeod. Uh, and the Eagles' defense comes up huge in a spot when they were only up 8-7, to seven, you know, in, in, uh, in danger of being down in this game. So that was, that was a huge play. Two-minute drill in effect for the Eagles. And this is basically what happened in summary. Uh, Wentz does some more jukey jukes on a pass, and Hightower uh, makes a catch, which is kind of surprising to me. But, you know, he did it. That's all I care about. Then Jason Kelsey comes back on one of the worst snaps I've ever seen in my entire life. 
which ends up making it second and 27. Wentz gets sacked, which makes it third and 34. And then they let Jalen Hurts just do a quarterback draw and get a nice little fourth fourth down or third down run to make fourth and less embarrassing. Uh, and yeah, then they kick it over to the 49ers, punt it over to the 49ers. 49ers don't do anything. We're going into halftime with an 8-7 lead, I believe. So cool. heading into the third quarter. Yeah, so third quarter also not not a lot of action for the third quarter. Uh, 49ers start with the ball. Uh, they go on a pretty long 12-play, 75-yard drive um, to score to George Kittle. Uh, and then Philly answers with their own even longer 16-play drive, but unable to get it done in the red zone and end up with a field goal. That's pretty much the third quarter for you. All right. Pretty eventful stuff. Uh, it really doesn't get much more eventful in the first couple drives for each team. Niners and Eagles both go three and out uh, on each of their first drives. On the Niners' next drive, though, uh, the Eagles, Eagles, Eagles are able to secure their second defensive turnover of the season. On a third and ten, LeBlanc just supermanning in there and using his helmet, which I'm sure was purposeful, to knock the ball out of Mullen's hands. Malik Jackson swipes it up at the San Francisco 42. Eagles are in business again on the first play of the drive. The Eagles try to do their first real trick play of the season with Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, he, or excuse me, Wentz takes a snap, pitches it off to Hurts. Wentz goes out to the flat. It looked like he was going to throw it back. Obviously, it was completely covered up. Uh, so Hurts decided to just run and, I mean, got a couple of yards. So really, for a broken play, not too bad. Uh Anyway, in this drive, the Eagles are faced with a fourth and four, and this is the biggest play of the game. You know, seeing how the score is 14 to 11, only 8.38 left on the clock. Doug decides to go for it, as Doug does. Like you said, he's trying to get his manhood back in this one. And Wentz delivers on a beautiful pass, on a great play uh, to John Hightower, which gets him a first down. And on the very next play, the Eagles try more trickery, faking handoffs before the ball goes to my man Adrian Killens who goes way backwards <laughs> on this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Killens gets tackled for a 12-yard loss, and poor Killens, he was cut after the yeah, game. Yeah, that was his and one he finishes, finishes his Eagles <laughs> career with one carry and negative 12 yards. So, Adrian Killens, sorry about that. <laughs> we'll see you again. Uh, but, you know, don't let the pity party last too long, because... On the next play, that second 18, Wentz goes for a long pass down the left side, and I'm sure you're thinking like me, and it's like, Jesus Christ, here we go. This is going four yards over the guy's head. Number 13. But no, it's an absolute dime to number 13, Nelson Ag... Oh, wait, hold on. I'm not. What does that say? Oh, oh. Travis Fulgham. <laughs> Travis Fulgham. And <laughs> he takes it to the house for a touchdown. And yeah, Wentz finally nails that touch pass down the side, and the Eagles take an 18-14 lead. Uh, the next drive for the Niners comes with five minutes and 50 seconds on the clock, right? And this is a big drive. The Eagles need to stop. If they get it, it's looking like they're going to win the game. And on the very first play, Mullins just throws one of the worst passes I've ever seen oh, in my yeah. life. But, I mean, I think he lucky forgot to God. Team. Right. I, I mean, I don't even know who he was, right he was trying to throw it to. Yeah, right at uh, big name. Well, one more time yeah, here. Yeah. Alex Singleton. Alex Singleton, who plays for the Philadelphia Eagles, apparently, gets a pick six on the easiest pick six you'll ever see in your life, strides right into the end zone. And, uh, yeah, on the third turnover in the game for the Eagles, third on the season, they're up 25-14. So this kind of looks like it's a good thing. Five minutes left, just about in the game. Then C.J. Beathard comes in the game. And things get a little bit more interesting after that because he actually does a really good job of getting the Niners right down the field and into the end zone, only burning a couple minutes on the clock, only burning one timeout. 
And the touchdown ended up being a one-yard run by McKinnon, who lost me my fantasy game because of that, but that's not why we're here. The two-point conversion was unsuccessful after Mike Cloud made another great play. He's coming up big in this one. Uh, 25-20, two minutes to play. Robbie Gold tries a drop kick onside kick, which I've never seen before in my entire life, and it just kind of rolled nice and easy to Richard Rodgers. So more to come with this series, because I've got some things to say, but the Eagles elect to play it safe. And they make San Fran burn their last two timeouts. They have Wentz take a sack on third down. To me, it looked purposeful. That was kind of what they designed to do, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, leads to the Niners getting the ball back with 118. And Bethard, starting at his own 27, is able to take the Niners all the way down to the Eagles 38. And he's forced to spike, and he has two throwaways after Graham. I know he had great pressure on that third down. Hit him right as he was throwing it. Anyway, it comes down to one play. And... You know, seven seconds left in the game. Bethard heaves one into the end zone. And who else but Mr. Big Play, Darius Slay, knocks the ball out of Kendrick Bourne's hands. The game is over. The Philadelphia Eagles take their rightful spot on top the NFC least. So, great news, I guess. 25 to 20. Let's talk about what we take away from this one, Kelson. What, what you got for me? Yeah. Um, are you still tired from talking there? Yes, I'm a little worn out, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm passing it off to you. The first and the third, not a lot. Um, anyway, so I think the biggest biggest thing that stuck out to me is the defense in this game. This is the first game we finally won the turnover battle. Three takeaways from this defense. One pick from Carson Wentz that really wasn't – I'm not super upset about. I. The way I look at this, those two interceptions and that fumble, those were huge, and the defense just got rolling, and – there's two games in a row that the defensive line has come up huge. Uh, it's 13 sacks in the past two games, which is – that's great. We we need that from them, especially – like those are our big-name guys on defense. We need that pressure up front to make everything work. Um, I was just really happy with the way the defense performed. And then obviously not a lot to be upset about with the offense, but I don't know if you have anything to add about the defense before we jump over to that side. Yeah, I do, man. And I'm with you. You kind of mentioned, touched on it, that defensive line is just, I think it's one of the best, if not the best rotation in football. When you look at, obviously, Fletcher Cox, one of the best in the game. Brandon Graham, who, again, in my opinion, is silently having a very good season. I feel like I mention him every podcast with a big play. Derek Bonnet, Hassan Ridgeway, Josh Sweat, Malik Jackson, our guy, the journey with Javon Hargrave. And they're not even full strength because Benny Curry's not in there, you know? And they've just been excellent. I mean, I'm looking at some of these numbers here. Uh, they've been so good at, you know, the run game and getting to the quarterback. They're ranked 12th in rushing yards allowed in the NFL. They're 7th in yards per carry. And they're tied for 3rd in sacks right now. As you mentioned, 13 in the last two. They have 14 on the season. So the defensive line has been absolutely incredible. And I think that's kind of the heartbeat of this defense so far. Yeah, I would, I would agree. And I think even the – like, I really liked what we did with the secondary in this game. Um I think the only real issue we had in this game was George Kittle, which George Kittle is going to be a problem no matter what you have going on. Um, our defense does tend to struggle a little bit so far this season with tight ends, but I don't. I I'll take this defensive performance every game. I think we yeah can, we can do this. I wasn't pleased. Definitely when Beathard came in the game, how easy it was for him to just hit these little open routes and drive right down the field. Sure. And honestly, I haven't been very impressed with Jalen Mills so far this year. I, I think he's got some room for improvement, and I don't know if he's ever going to do it. But, I mean, you can't argue with Darius Slay. The man's been absolutely incredible. McLeod's been coming out big, too. So, 
definitely a better game overall for the defense as a whole, and hopefully they can keep that going forward against better quarterbacks because that's what they have. <laughs> that's what they have in front of them. Yeah, and I think. But uh, we start to ahead. we started to see a little bit of improvement in the linebacker play. Specifically, the guy that stuck out to me before he went out and got hurt was T.J. Edwards. He was playing really well before he got hurt. So I, I don't know. Hopefully, he comes back relatively soon because i i feel like he was a much needed boost to that that linebacker core yeah they'll take anything they can get that linebacking core very, very is true. very very weak right as we've we've already mentioned nate gary won't jump into him anymore i've seen some pictures online that you guys put it's pretty hilarious i mean that's all one he's literally turned around facing the secondary like the ball's about to get thrown and he's like facing this way <laughs> <laughs> he has no fucking idea where that ball's gonna go um uh, yeah, you know, I said I was going to touch on it earlier. Let's flip back to offense if you're done with defense. Yeah, yeah go for it. Um, this last offensive series the Eagles had, you know, I understand the two-minute warning's right around the corner, and San Fran has two timeouts, so it's important to get rid of those. But I feel like they reached this third down, and if you get a first down, the game is over. I mean, it's that if we get a first down, that's the end of the game. You punt it back to the Niners, and you put the game in their control, right? Now, I get, like you were saying, the defense has played pretty well all game long. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned. But that last drive, they moved right down the field in no time. You know, and that's, it almost happened again. I mean, it came down to a heave, and it almost got caught. Right. So, you know, if we changed the narrative up and it did get caught, I mean, it's we're definitely going to be sitting here saying, why didn't they try harder to get a first down and end the game? Where's, where's Miles Sanders is my question. That's a great question. Where was he all game, man? I feel like they he just didn't get either didn't get involved, never got going. I'm not sure what the deal was. Well, specifically, like that that's where he is supposed to be like that's where he's supposed to make his money, is right there getting that first down for us. And mm-hmm. we had Corey Clement out there and I think Boston Scott came in for one play too. And yeah. I just didn't understand what what the reasoning for that was. I think they said that they said that that was like that series was designed for Corey Clement, but why? Why is it designed for Corey Clement? Like, yeah, and why is that the one we're doing? Right, now? yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Why wouldn't you have your best players on the field? It just doesn't make sense to me. So I wonder if there's yeah. more to that, or what, I just what's going on there? Because um, I know earlier, like last game, Miles had like a fatigue issue or something. It makes you wonder if it's a conditioning thing. I don't know, but I I think you need to be out there for those few plays, taking that ball. Yeah. And I think uh, I think a reporter or somebody asked Doug if he was hurt or if there was something going on. Like, why wasn't he out there? And he said, "Nope, he's fine." And that's all he cared to elaborate on it. So helpful. <laughs> that was yeah. He better was, be fine. That was the reason. I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. I didn't get it, but luckily it didn't matter. You know, getting this win was huge. Yeah. Very very true. Yeah. Definitely sucks. Uh, other than that, uh, if we talk about Wentz for just a second too, you know, in my opinion, this was his best game. Uh, even though if you look at the stats, it's not too impressive. He missed 10 passes, only at 193 yards. But there were some things that we saw the first three weeks that he did better this week. Yes. And a, I think I think we saw a little glimpse of it last week of him using his legs and getting out of the pocket and just making plays happen himself when nothing's down there. Just taking the game into his own hands. But also that touch pass, like I mentioned, it seemed like he was a lot more accurate this week. Yep. He wasn't he missing the easy long. ones so much this week. I didn't see a lot of balls getting sailed over people's heads in the flat. Like It was a pretty good game for Carson, I thought, especially given the injuries they have at wide receiver. And he's, you know, like the announcers always talk about, like he doesn't have that chemistry with these guys yet. 
but he's making it look like he does, like to some degree. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's only going to get better. Yeah, exactly. Know, this right? is a performance yeah, you can definitely expect Carson Wentz to build upon. And I, I really love what he's doing with his legs right now, actually running the ball. Uh, he had seven carries for 37 yards in this game, and Miles Sanders had nine more yards than him, which yeah. is kind of wild. And that's, I mean, if he – dual threat, I think, is no, kind of we're not there generous. Yet. No, but like he is – But at the very least, if you get people thinking about it, you know, guys might come off of their man, come up in coverage. You know Carson Wentz is one of the best at changing his mind real quick and making that quick pass. When he's good, he right. hasn't been the first few weeks. But when he's on, he's on. And he was on this week, I think. And there was also that play, his third and long, uh, I think. And it got called back – or they ended up taking – taking the penalty to give give them a first down instead of taking the yards that he actually threw on this pass. But he was scrambling and was all but out of bounds and made this this pass. I think it was to Boston Scott, just a few yeah, yards short of the few yards short of the first down. That was an amazing play. If that was on his it highlight really reel, that's just another one. Like you saw glimpses of what Carson Wentz can do. I just hope it's I think he's moving in the right direction and if he keeps building on that going forward, he is gonna be a lot better down the stretch. Yeah, I love that play, too. The announcers were like, all right, I know it makes sense to play, right. <laughs> take the penalty in the yards, but, uh, you know, if I'm Carson Wentz, maybe just sneak in there like, <laughs> hey, you know, that's good for my highlight reel if we if we don't do it. Right. But that was the right call. Yeah, you know, for that's, sure. I'm glad they at least got the right call there. Can we, like, just for a second, I just want to talk or ask you, why do you think he went for two? Was it literally just to show people that, hey, we're <laughs> willing to do that? Or I, I don't understand. I to be honest, when it was happening, I was so mad until I saw Zach Ertz catch it. Oh, and I was like, great okay, play. Great. All right. But I don't – I have no idea where that came from, why we did it. I, maybe it's – I mean, honestly, we haven't been scoring much. Uh, maybe he just wanted to build up that offensive confidence. Maybe he wanted to build up his own confidence. I, I just don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, it – it obviously worked, though. I mean, because if you think about it, like, when they had to go for two, for example, so they can get themselves within three, like, there were just so many times in that game where I'm looking at him like, thank God Duck went for two, because we'd be in a completely different situation. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that it ended up being such a great call, and I don't know if that was just coach's intuition or what, but, hey, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i go ahead and give him a gold star for that decision, because that worked out really well, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think we would have really been unhappy if that if we didn't have that extra point going, going down because they could have easily gotten a field goal and we'd be looking at completely different yeah, game. They were, uh, yeah, they they would have been attempting a game-tying field goal, and Robbie Gold's got a great leg, you know, so that's 50 to 60 yards. He could easily knock that down. So, yeah, that saved the game in a sense. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I didn't even think that deep into it, but, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. Some other things I think to say about this game real quick. Um, It's another example of... So if you look at some of these young wide receivers we have playing, Hightower and then Fulgham now, I I think J.J. Ortega-Whiteside shouldn't be starting when he comes back. Like, these guys have been given none of the opportunities that J.J. has, and they already have done more than he has in his entire career. Uh, I just... I think this is very telling to the fact that we need to just cut the cord on on JJ in my opinion. If like it's one thing if you look good in practice camp or like whatever and like it's another thing if Howie Roseman wants to 
I don't know, defend this guy because he was his draft pick. But like, it's some like you just the other part of this too is like some people just don't pan out, and you have to walk away from them. It's not worth throwing them out there every week. Like these young guys are playing better. I think Hightower's gotten better every week. Fulgham is he had two really nice catches. Yeah, I'm with that 100%. And, you know, we were talking before we started recording, Muhammad Sanu's out there now. I would easily cut JJ to get Muhammad, like, in a heartbeat. So, I don't know. I'm, I don't realistically see the Eagles doing that, but I think realistically they are going to move on from JJ soon. I mean, it's it's not panning out. It's not working. Like you said, these guys are being more productive every single week than we've seen JJ's entire career. And now you bring in the injury part of it too. Like we don't need another Mm -hmm. injured player, especially not a wide receiver. We're good. Yeah. They, they're struggling, man. And I mean, the only reason I'd want to see JJ out there is because Alshon, Deshaun, Jalen, all those guys aren't out there. So, you know, we put three guys ahead of him, but still, you know, he'll be the fourth, fifth string wide receiver and all these, but yeah, I'm done with that, man. I think all the Eagles fans are done with this. man. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and then lastly, Jordan Mailata, um, yeah, had a great game for his first ever NFL start. I, I feel like Carson, like he was out of the pocket a lot, which I think was by design helping them out. But like the plays that he stayed in, they did a really good job um, protecting him, and a lot of that I think Jordan Mailata definitely helped. Did a good job on his guy, and then even <coughs> um, even running the ball, he did he did a good job sometimes getting up to that second level and making some really good blocks. I was impressed with him. Yeah. I mean, being a former rugby player, too, if he gets better at uh, just being that blocker, pass protection, all that stuff, being, you know, the bodyguard for Carson Wentz, for screen passes and things like that, and the fact that he used to be a former rugby player, like, he's easily going to get up there and block these right. little dudes and push them right out of the way. For so sure. there's a lot of good I like to see. Uh, let me ask you this. I mean, I've been seeing it online. Uh, even when Jason Peters comes back, do you want to see him at left tackle, or would you rather see Jordan kind of run it out? I would. I would keep. I would make Jason Peters now your backup to Jordan Mailata. Um, yeah, or just slide him somewhere else. I'm yeah, like, sure. Yeah, we need but help. Just there's just so like he's playing well, and there's just a big advantage to his youth, and then also like his skill set that he brings. Uh, I think Jason Peters hasn't looked great so far this season when he's been playing and also he's just he's gonna play half a game every game it's just mm-hmm. i think the consistency is a big factor here too like it helps having a guy out there who can play the whole game and oh, jordan yeah. played well so i i wouldn't change that if it were me yeah and i keep i keep coming back to this i mean he's a rugby player right you know this guy isn't he's, if he's getting hurt it's because he's hurt. right like you know he's tough seriously yeah yeah, yeah yeah so yeah, I hope he keeps that up because I like him a lot too. And he's a big man. And I mean, there's just a lot. My mind's just running right now. Like, you know, you, you can do trick plays with him even. I mean, he surely he knows how to catch the ball. That's he could be fun. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. I hope I hope he gets more playing time and all this. All right. Well, if we're done with the takeaways, let's go to the next segment, shall we? Yeah, go for it. What do you got? All right, buddy. Here's your hypothetical question Ooh, of the day. We're doing this, okay? All right. I know you. you You've had time to prep. Let's see what you got. So, Eagles obviously got a huge win against the 49ers, beating down 49ers, but still, big win. Eagles somehow beat the Steelers and the Ravens. So, they win three in a row. Their record goes to 3-2-1. Right? That's right. Yeah, 3-2-1. A, how do they do it? And B, 
how are they going to finish the season? What's their record going to be? Okay. Um, let's start with how do they do it? Um, they do it by Carson being perfect. Um, so basically eliminating even the fluky interceptions, none of that crap anymore. Um, and they do it by just cleaning up the like that overthrown um, snap, like stuff like that shouldn't be happening. Um, and then just some of the like it, they have to play perfectly. Like, and I know that sounds stupid and obvious, but like no mistake football. And then I think from there it's going to also take a lot of the younger guys playing just continuing to play out of their minds even more so than I think they already are. Um, and even then, man, it's, it's a, it's a tall order to ask them to beat both those teams. But, um, but then again, like the Ravens, I think the scary part of the Ravens, um, is more their offense than their defense to me. So I don't know, maybe it's not that far fetched, but anyways, that's how I think they do it. They, Carson Wentz has to, flip it up another step from what he what he already has and a lot of people have to fill some really big shoes um oh yeah moving on to what i think their record would be if they beat both these teams man so we'd be three two and one coming out of that yep another tough stretch down there too what it's like the packers cowboys and somebody else we play the saints, saints at some point don't we yeah yep. i think i think all three of those in a row sure just um, something to think about yeah i don't i don't think anyone's gonna beat the packers that team is ridiculously good um i could see it being something like 12 three and one if we beat both baltimore or yeah uh, pittsburgh and baltimore it could get crazy it could get crazy like, uh, maybe even like 11 what would that be? 11, 4, and 2? 11, 4, and 1. 11, 4, and 1. Yeah, four sorry. Two. Oh, you're putting a tie No, no, no. no, no <laughs> and no, an no, extra no game. <laughs> <laughs> We're done with that. Um, so I think if you beat both those teams, I there's nothing stopping you at that point. I think you're kind of going on a run. That's <laughs> that's just so like optimistic thinking. I don't know if yeah, any of us are there, but that's, that's what I would say. What do you think? I think they can just come out with one win in that. Like... I mean, they can beat the Steelers. I think that's the realistic one, mm-hmm. more so than the Ravens. But, yeah, that that would be just a boost, in my opinion. I'm with you. The unforced errors have to stop. Right. I mean, when they, the oversnaps cost us a drive at the end of that, uh, at the end of the half this game, obviously the penalties against um, Cincinnati and just the bad decision-making and then, you know, the stupid interceptions, all that wonky unforced stuff just sucks. So that's got to stop. I'm with you 100%. I'm with you with the guys filling in those shoes. Uh, to me, Wentz, just to add on and add some things that I think could help, Wentz just getting that chemistry more, and he's got to get him quick. And I think he's already gaining that with Fulgham this last game, Hightower, and Richard Rodgers, who had a pretty good game in some big moments. You know, mix that in with Ertz and Wars, and, you know, maybe Carson Wentz has enough to slip past in some of these close games. But it's going to take more than the offense, I think, too. I think the defensive line is going to have to even grow a step further. They have to be in the face of Ben Roethlisberger and Lamar Jackson and make them uncomfortable all the time. Because if not, I think they can pick that secondary part pretty easily, and it's going to suck. That's right. just my opinion. But if they're in their face, if they're making them make bad decisions, that's how you win games. If you can get a turnover, 
and give a boost for your offense and just keep scoring points. You know, it's really interesting you kind of touched on it that the offense of the Ravens is so good and their defense is kind of blat. And it's vice versa. You know, the deep offense for the Steelers are good, but not as good as their defense. Right. Their defense is what makes them the Steelers. So they're going to have two different tests in two weeks. I'm curious how they're going to take it. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. And as far as the record, I think if they beat them both, you know, I still have a little bit of – if they get through both of them, I'll probably change my mind. But I said 9-6-1 and one at the worst – and 11 4 and 1 at the best and maybe just maybe 10 4 and 2 with a tie to the Packers. Ooh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> They're going to tie again. <laughs> we would take a tie to the Packers. I'd be okay with that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Much I'd like that a lot more than taking a tie to the stupid Bengals, so. So, just to add another I guess little question to your your hypothetical here. If sure. if we win these next two games, this is we sound like insane people right now. Just FYI, um, <laughs> <laughs> if we win these next two games, um, what do you do? You think it's guaranteed Eagles take the NFC East? Oh yeah, I would agree, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, unless big injuries happen, like Wentz, Cox, things like that, Slay. That's something no, else about it, this game. I would I, we've kind of forgot to point out there. We didn't lose a lot of people in this one like we normally do. Mm-hmm. I think Darius, Darius Slay went out for like a second, which yeah, is scary. That was scary. He came back. That was a that was a bad play, man, dude. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, but no, that that was nice, nice little change of pace. But yeah, I think yeah. we win these next two, which once again, not saying it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I think we are weird for sure. That's why it's a hypothetical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the only way we wouldn't is if we drop two to the Cowboys. But, you know, if we're beating the Steelers and the Ravens, I don't think we're going to drop two to the Cowboys. So no. I'm not too worried about that. That, that Cowboys point. team is interesting this season. Their offense is really, really good, and their defense is really, really No, bad. their offense is really, really good in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I'm just, I mean, they Dak Prescott, A, and goddamn, I'm saying this on an Eagles podcast, is an amazing quarterback. Like, he's really good. Um, and he's got great weapons. You know, Amari Cooper, when he's healthy, is one of the best receivers in the league. As Elliott has proved year after year, he's one of the best running backs. You know, CeeDee Lamb, Jesus Christ, should be in Philadelphia Eagle, but should is be. getting better every week, it seems. But their defense is injured and terrible. I mean, that's when the Eagles play the Cowboys, and obviously we're going to get into that podcast twice, mm. they have to jump on them and jump on them a lot i think yep. that could be a shootout potentially so that's, that's what it has how the, to be, the cowboys have been doing that every week so that would not be surprising mm-hmm. yeah that's how the eagles got to beat the cowboys i think unless amazingly they hold that offense which would just be the accomplishment of all accomplishments and i would crown that defense immediately so yeah that's that's fun to dream we'll we'll see um but looking yeah, we'll cover that when we get there yeah you're right <laughs> um Looking at our uh, our guy here, Javon Hargrave, had a good game. Yeah, on the statue. Yeah, finally. true. He had a big sack. That was fun. Yep. That was exciting. Um, <laughs> it's it's good to have him back in that rotation. I didn't realize how big of a guy he is. I'll say that much. That was I think that was lost on me until this week. Yeah, man, he is a big boy, and he fits right in with that defensive line, too, just full of big boys. But like you said, he did get his first statistic in here. He got a, a half sack, is what I'm going to call it, with, with Derek Barnett. Uh, 
which is great. At least he's in the books with one tackle, and I'm going to call it a half sack. So congrats to Javon. Got your first statistic in there with the squad, and I hope there's many more to follow after that. Uh, other than that, I checked out his Twitter a little bit, and he says he's excited for Steph to come back, and I am as well, my guy. So, yeah, that's all I got about Javon and the journey this week, unless you have something to add. Um, no, I think I'm good. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep giving no shit to talk about, Javon. Yep. Way to go on that sack. All right, man, we got to get through this. <laughs> so let's get ourselves <laughs> into the predictions. Keep it short and sweet. Um, Kelson has taken the lead. Here's the graphic. Colin, remember to put the graphic in. It's right there. Okay, so interesting week going into Pittsburgh. I'm going to start. Fuck you. I want to say what I have to say this time because you won when you got to talk. Pittsburgh essentially had a bye week last week with the Tennessee and the whole COVID situation, uh, which kind of concerns me because that kind of just leaves them more time to look at the Eagles. Maybe they watched the game. They went over things. I don't know. That's what I would have done if I was a head coach. Let's get together and watch the game live, talk about things, whatever. Um, They don't really rely too much on a rushing game. They obviously have it with James Conner and Benny Snell, but I don't think it's enough to get the Eagles out of their zone. You know what I mean? So the dirty work comes from through the air, which has not been the best for us so far. Um, other than that, I mean, they're still one of the best defenses in the league as well. That's kind of worrisome for Carson, and we already talked about it a little bit. How is he going to handle it? How's everybody going to handle it? There's going to be a lot of stepping up that has to happen if the Eagles are going to win this game. Um, I'm hoping they're not going to ride that high too much on beating a battered San Francisco team. I have a lot of faith that the Eagles are going to make this a dogfight and that they're going to do well. I'm hoping the Eagles are going to have a competitive game, but I think it's going to end in a competitive loss. I am taking the Steelers this week. Okay. Oh, shit. So you're putting me in a place here. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I think it is. I don't think it's quite as big an advantage. That, it's, it's a big advantage that they didn't play last week, but I don't think they obviously were still preparing to play that game that they didn't play. So it's not like they had two weeks to really think about the Eagles. They had pretty much, like, they had an extra day, I would say, to start really thinking about Philly. But, like, then again, their guys are still fresh. They haven't played now in two weeks. That, I think, helps. But, um, yeah, um, like you said, not a lot of a running game. But I think, I don't know, with the way our pass rush has been playing, I really think that that's going to play a big part in this game. If they can keep getting home, because Big Ben's not going anywhere. Like if they can get back there, they can get him on the ground. Like, so I, I think that's a big advantage, advantage Philly. Um, and then I think, I don't know. As like San Francisco's like their defense isn't overly beat up. Like we beat almost their starting defense, right? Yeah, I mean they had injuries here and there, but yeah, right. But I mean, like it wasn't ridiculous, and um. I don't. I think the offense could keep it going. I think they figured out some things they like. I I like Philly in this one. Um, I think that they're gonna Aww. keep the momentum going. I think we could see a little. I don't know. This is Doug Peterson at his best. He he somehow rallies this team to win and beat good teams. And I don't know how he does it, but I I'm taking the Eagles, and I I think it's gonna be very similar to this 49ers game we just watched. All righty. Just to add, I know we just said we were going to do this quick, but now I'm just curious. What do you think Carson Wentz's stat line is going to be? Ooh, that's that's a fun one. Um, I 
I think it's going to get better. It's going to get better every week. I think he's going to finally get – he's going to go at least over 250 passing yards in this game. I'll say that. Ooh, okay. okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to give him 250 passing yards and two touchdowns. 12-2. Okay. Yep. Not 12 touchdowns. Okay. Fair. Fair. All right. So there you have it. Uh, Kelson's up one to z- well, not one to zero, but one to zero. We'll Pretty just call one to zero. Up one. Yeah. And I have a chance to get it back, and I really like to. He sent me some pictures of my haircut idea. Oop, that's kind of a spoiler of maybe what we're going to do. More news on that coming up. It's going to be soon. Um, I think that's going to be it for us here on the Philly Special, though. So we'll get back at you hopefully next week with another win. Kelson, take us home. Yeah, I don't really have too much to add. Um, thank God we finally won a big game on a Sunday night. Um, hopefully it's the momentum we need to go and win another one and really just turn the season around. Amen, brother. Amen.